I think it's as well because like big dick is associated with like a big ego, but I don't know if it's a big vagina associated <laughs> with a big ego. It's not something we all aim for. <laughs> I don't aim. No, I actually try everything. Like I'm doing Kegels at the moment. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr and I'm delighted to welcome my guest to studio today. Spin 1038 presenter and broadcaster Serena Bellissimo joins us, as does our very own Denise Curtin, who writes for Her.ie. Ladies, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks for having to be here. Thank you. It's good that nobody knows how much I messed that up before we started. (laughs) So let's just keep going. We're going to start things off with our favourite game. It's called Six Words or Less. So it's for our readers and our listeners of Her.ie who may not know who you are. So you have to describe yourself in six words or less and we're going to go to Serena first. You say this is everyone's favourite game. This is the one that this I find... This is my favourite game. Yeah, well, I yeah. find this a struggle. I love hearing everybody else's, but I find it very hard to come up with mine. So I'm just going to do what I feel at the moment. Um, unapologetically me, uh, juggling duck, happy and loyal. Oh, that's great. That's really nice. You're loyal, babe. You're loyal, babe. <laughs> is that Meg- M- Megan? Uh, no, uh, that's Georgia. 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 Yeah. What's with the duck thing? So you know how a duck looks really calm above water? And but underneath? Un- yeah. Oh. It is paddling like crazy. Okay. And, and that's the whole juggling as well. I feel my life sometimes is just all over the place. And I'm just like, yeah, everything's fine. Going, how am I going to do all of this? And then you end up getting it done. But... Oh, God. I'm 100% going to steal that analogy. Yeah, same. It's so good. Calm on the surface and then in the inside you're like a frenzy. Mm, Crazy. Denise, six words or less? So mine changes, I feel like, weekly because of the way things are so topical and then, you know, new phrases and catchphrases come up. So mine this week is trying to convey big dick energy. (laughs) (laughs) I like what you did there. Yeah. Because that's what I'm trying this week, really hard. But supposedly if I try, I don't have it. So look. It's funny that you mention big dick energy. This isn't produced at all. Um, So (laughs) let's just segue into that and talk about big dick energy. So for people who don't know, what is big dick energy? So big dick energy basically is when, depending, you don't have to have a dick, you can have a dick, you can have a vagina, you can have whatever you want. But what it is, is it's when you convey confidence without cockiness so it's coming across it's it's basically a vibe it's giving this aura that like you know your shit and like you have everything together when maybe you don't maybe you do but it's just that vibe that you bring with you Serena had you ever heard of BDE before today um only probably in the last week or so because all of a sudden it was mm-hmm. all over my Twitter and mm-hmm. I was trying to understand it because I was going are we talking Donald Trump or are we talking Rihanna you know, because yeah. I, I think he likes to think he has big dick energy. I think he does. And that's that's the thing where I think we can get into a little bit of confusion. You can think that you have big dick energy, but you can't. So let's go to Urban Dictionary and just see exactly what the definition is. So big dick energy or BDE is that confidence you got. The grammar. It's the confidence you got knowing you got an enormous penis. But BDE isn't exclusive to the well-endowed. Anyone can have big dick energy if he or she exudes the BDE aura. So this all started, the phrase kind of originated from a since-deleted tweet from Ariana Grande mentioning that her fiancé Pete Davidson had a 10-inch long penis. Now, I have a feeling that Pete Davidson tweeted that. He easily could have, right? I'm but, just saying. But how the big dick energy starts from that is because people thought, oh my God, I would have never thought that Pete Davidson has a 10 inch dick. But at the same time, he doesn't 
give off the aura that he has a small one either. So it's like, oh my God, he has that confidence, but he doesn't have that cockiness that he has to go around shouting, oh my God, look at me, I've got a massive dick. You know? So is this just basically, and this is one of the mottos I live by, not big dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> Fake it till you make it. Is yeah. that what we're talking about? Basically, here, but in the nicest possible way. In the way. nicest, most yeah. like chilled way possible. So that just you're being not, a boss. Yeah, being a boss. Exactly. Because there was such it, there's such a fine line and it's such a difficult one to describe because then, you know, I saw loads of forums and tweets and people were like, Oh, so like Justin Timberlake and people were like, No, 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 no. He's he'd be on the verge of cockiness. And then people were like, Okay, so like who are who who are you on about? And they were like, Okay, so we've got Rihanna, for example. Idris Elba was another random one. People said Kate Blanchett every time she wears a suit. So I mean, okay. I've I been in the that. room with Kate Blanchett, and she definitely exudes. I was yeah. going to ask you. Obviously, interview a lot of people f- with your show Plan B, which we're going to talk about a little bit later when we're talking about celebrities. But have you ever interviewed anybody who, now that you know what Big Dick Energy is, just exudes it? I'll give you Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, mm-hmm. yeah, because she's one of the n- nicest people you will ever meet. But you know that she has her shit together. Yeah, yeah. When you don't be crossing her. What about you, Denise? I don't think I really interviewed anyone that I think has that big dick energy or like when I think of big dick energy now I think of Rihanna like that's who I see in my mind because she's a boss but at the same time she's not going around being like I'm unbelievable like a lot of like pop stars nowadays do I think as well Cardi B she's got big dick energy she's an up and coming BDE up and coming BDE Mm -hmm. so I suppose the next thing that we need to figure out is if we have BDE but you can't one of the rules of BDE is that you can't ask somebody if you have BDE because that negates the whole purpose of BDE people are learning so much from this episode so So far so I can't ask you Denise do I have big dick energy no you can't and I googled it because then I don't have big dick energy you don't because I googled it on the way in today on the bus and it said if you have to google this you don't have it and I automatically got sad like I don't even want it but I was like that's sad that it's something I can't have now that I've googled it I was like so just say you were able to ask the question do you think that inside you have big dick energy I don't think so Serena I don't think so no no No. I'm confident but I'm not I think you need to be very subtle Uh, yeah it's a difficult it's such a difficult one I think you need to be like you need to like exude confidence but at the same time it has to be a lot of confidence but it has to come across like you're not putting it on. Well, I think the only way that we can really figure this out is if we take a quiz. So, um, Serena, I'm going to ask you these questions and you can confer with Denise if you'd like. Okay. But I want to find out whether you exude big dick energy. I can tell you now I'm going to fail. I don't know. We'll see. Which word best describes you? Confident, chill, ambitious, or shy? Oh, it is all of them. Um, Probably chill. Chill, okay. Are you pretty sure of who you are? Yes, no, somewhat. Yes. This is really looking into you now. I'm really scared. (laughs) Who do you look up to most in your life? A family member, myself, or a celebrity? As in not me, you. (laughs) Um, Probably a family member. A family member, okay. I hope everybody who's listening is taking this quiz along. Who do you think exudes the most BDE? Rihanna, Lena Dunham, or Pete Davidson, yeah. I, I, I was going to say Lena Dunham, but I wouldn't put her over Rihanna. I think she does exude BDE, but Rihanna. I'll give you Rihanna. Rihanna. This is weird. Which colour do you associate most with BDE? Black, yellow, red or green? Red. Yeah, I know. I don't know why. But because it's something about passion. Okay. Red is passionate mm. and fiery. This gets weirder now. Which season has the most BDE? Spring, summer, <laughs> winter or fall? I'd say spring. What do you think? Because spring, there's all this hope and... 
Yeah, you're really good at this. I don't know. I was going to go was, for fall because was, of scarves. I just think I was going to go for summer because like you can really like show let yourself. it all go. Yeah, let it all go. Be out there. I'm okay. hiding in summer. Okay. <laughs> Serena, this is really you. So which one do you want? Spring? Okay, spring. Spring. Oh, calculating results. 24%. You exude big dick energy. <laughs> really? Congratulations. There you you definitely have BDE. You're confident and sure of yourself, never letting anyone or anything tear you down because you know who you are. And do you know what's happened all of a sudden? I've gone from being slumped in my chair to <laughs> sitting really upright and starting to exude that BDE. Do you know what's so funny though? I was trying to make, because obviously Rihanna has BDE, obviously. So I was trying to bring it more into our everyday lives. So I'm trying to think of a woman that exudes this big dick energy. And I think the problem that we have is the fear of being cocky. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot of women have that. I think so. Like, I think if any of us in the office went around like Rihanna, we would be afraid that people would be like, who the fuck does she think she is? Yeah. Basically. I think that I think that's completely it. And I think a lot of the time when we look at the men that we think have big dick energy, they're they're also in a position of power, you know? So I think we kind of associate that, like we, we combine the two of them together, you know? So so isn't it time to turn that on its head and start going, we should be associating ourselves with positions of power. Mm. And we are not cocky when we say we are good at what we do. We are so bad at valuing ourselves. And I say this like I have it all figured out. <laughs> I so don't. Like I'm so good at building other people up. But when it comes to myself, you, you do become apologetic for what you're doing Completely. and stuff. So we need to stop apologising for who we are. And we also need to know our worth and go out there and get our worth and not let people walk all over us. But I think that's a really, it's a really good idea. But... Like I've been in situations where I have not tried to exude big dick energy, but I've needed something, whether it's in a work situation or in life. And I have, you know, been very clear on it. And then like lately, there's a few things that happened that I started to perceive that people were thinking of me as being difficult or people were perceiving that maybe I was overstepping boundaries or what I thought was just being authoritative and just being but you know you hear little murmurings of the word bossy or bitch or all this kind of stuff and it got me a little bit angry and then I was angry because this is just going to turn into a therapy session and then <laughs> I got angry because I was starting to doubt my myself and I started to think am I being am I being a bitch do you know what I mean am I being yeah. too bossy am I asking for too much and I know that I wasn't it's so interesting you say that because one of the things I'm doing I've got a seven year old girl at home mm -hmm. and one of the things I do with her every single night and at the start it was a bit of a pain for her mm -hmm. but now she's come to love it we read a page of rebel, uh, bedtime stories for rebel girls okay. and the one we read only two nights ago was Maria Callas and she says I will be as difficult as I need to be in order to make things the way I, I want them to be. So being difficult, we need to look at as not a negative thing. Being difficult for the sake of being difficult, I think isn't good. But being, being difficult because you want to see change or you want to see things happen, I think that's okay. We need to stop apologizing. We need to embrace bossy. Like I see, I really hate when people turn around to my seven year old and go, oh, you're so bossy. Stop saying that because you're saying that, you're not saying, yes, you're so bossy. It's you're negative. Going, yeah. yeah, so we need to turn that term around and go, it's okay. It's okay if I demand. And it's also, I suppose, the way you do it. I'm not saying, 
go in there and placate people and go, can I please have this? Thank you so much. I you find myself amazing. I find myself doing that sometimes. I find myself sometimes using my femininity in order almost to beg. Yeah, in order to to get something done. And then I and then the thing is is that if you stop that and if you are being like authoritative and being like, well this is what needs to happen and I need to get it done now, like you see the response that you get and you're aware that maybe there's a perception of you now that's going around. And I have to say a few things happened in the last couple of weeks and it did start to make me go oh, maybe maybe I am I, I, I was really annoyed at myself for even feeling yeah, that in a know? work situation yeah. as well like a lot of the time if you're going to someone and asking for something to be done and they turn around they're like oh she's just being so bossy there's actually nothing wrong with putting in effort because you actually care like that's where there's another like fine line because people think if you're pushing something like I need this done they're like oh my god she's so bossy but they're like there's nothing wrong with wanting to care and caring about your work and wanting to get something done because you love what you do like that see that's where there's such a difference between being bossy and being like you sit there and you sit there like that's ordering people around yeah but saying i need this done because it's my job it's my livelihood that's so so different and it's horrible when people like symbolize that as being bossy and things because it's it's not what it is and then the other problem i think and i actually won't put too much pressure on myself or blame myself too much because i don't think it's me that gets to that point of feeling insecure i think it's what society has almost done to women Mm. to feel like that but for some reason it just clicks in my head every time and I I constantly think it can't be that but I constantly think I wonder if they're speaking to my male counterpart in the same way that they're speaking to me and it makes me angry and it makes me sad and it makes me feel insecure that I actually don't think that they are speaking to male counterparts of like my exact same position in whatever the situation is in that manner and that's something that like I'd love to be able to say let's change it and let's do that but like like you were saying about your daughter Serena like I was called bossy for my entire Mm -hmm. childhood and it was always used as a negative it was a bad thing so I think we need yes we need to start with the next generation but what do we do about us our generation and we we need to change that and I think the first thing is we need to have each other's backs Mm -hmm. and we also need to be unapologetic so if you're asking someone to do something for you you don't need to explain why I I think it depends how you do it whether you're a male or a female I think you need to have people skills and Mm -hmm. you need to know how to interact with people but what what we too tend to do is we take on this nurturing matter manner and we we almost like i want you to do this but i want you to feel okay doing yeah it. do you know what i mean like who gives a fuck and how they it's feel hard. Exactly. And yeah. you're, doing, you're doing me a favor no 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 you're not no, doing you're me not. a favor yeah yeah it's a, it's it's definitely a hard one because we do have that nurturing spirit a lot of the time where we think we could ask someone to do something and if they seem a bit like blunt or a bit cold we walk away thinking oh my god did i push them too hard or did i not give them enough time and like that's horrible as well and even like circling back to big dick energy you could have or you could feel like you have big dick energy and it takes one fall to maybe knock it out of you and I think that's the problem that we have you know compared to like someone like Rihanna who's got a massive team who are all like pushing her to be incredible I wonder what the actual steps that can be taken because like obviously you know we speak about stuff like this and on the podcast we've spoken a lot about gender equality and about like making sure that you know we get to that place of equality whether it's work or life or anything like that's just it it's feminism it's about equality and feminism isn't just for women it's for both so Mm -hmm. it should be exactly the same across the board but I wonder in little things like that like feeling those little feelings of insecurities that kind of start coming in I wonder what the steps that we can take are today like you said so that like your daughter for example will grow up and never feel like being bossy is a negative thing you know it should be a positive thing I think a lot of it has to do with fear so like um 
I, I love what's happening at the moment with the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. Time's Up, but look at the people t- talking out. A lot of the people who are speaking out don't have, they're not scared that they're going to lose their livelihood. Yeah. You yeah. know, so I think half the time we do become people pleasers, males and females, females more so. Mm-hmm. We become people pleasers and too afraid to speak out and change the way things are going because we're scared we are going to lose our jobs. Yeah. And the thing is, it's fine for Beyonce to be like, yes, I'm bossy yeah. because I'm the boss. But that's Beyonce. Do you know what I mean? Like Beyonce is never going to lose her job. But if she does, yeah, look at all the money she has behind her. Exactly. Like you can take a stance, I think, when you feel safe. When you feel fear and that everything may change and not in a good way, it's very hard to take that stance. Like, there's so many things we all want to do. Like, this industry is a very tough industry Mm. that we're in. Well, I was going to ask you about radio because I I worked in radio for years and I definitely struggled more so at the beginning of my career um, in terms of just knowing my own worth. And again, that's, you know, something that I had to to deal with and it was something that I got along the way, but it took years. And there was, I know, there were times in my career when there was men who were doing um, the same job if not less than me and that were getting paid more than me and there was nothing that I could do about it and then if I ever raised it the fear of losing your job was very very real in the radio industry for a woman who was doing something like that well I think in media in general because this is an industry that a lot of people want to be in what is dangled over and I have to say this isn't my employers of course (laughs) but (laughs) what is usually dangled over you is I don't care how good you are I don't care what's going on. We can get rid of you tomorrow and there's someone, even if they're not as good as you are, there's someone who's going to take your place. Replaceable, yeah. yeah. So, But look, knowing your worth is that hard thing. Like um, just recently I I pitched something to somebody and they were like, oh my, they got back straight away and went, oh my God, yes, I would love to do this. I don't have a budget. So let's work something out. Maybe we can, you know, promote each other on social channels and stuff. And do you know what? Social media does not pay my bills. It doesn't. Getting at a all. tweet saying, look at this person, look what they're doing, that's not going to pay my bills. So I found it really hard writing back and going, hi. And even my husband was like, do you want to be a bit nicer about that? I was like, no. So I wrote back and said, listen, I would love to work with you, but I just can't give you my stuff for free. Yeah. And do you know what? This person came back and went, go you I'm so glad you're not doing things for free the person's hands were tied because they don't have a budget so I think we need to start making changes as well I won't work with someone now unless I can pay them that's amazing that almost like just gave me a little bit of chills yeah a little there. kind of like yeah kick. it was like okay it's actually it's something that I've spoken to before with a lot of female comedians um like they'd get calls or something something would you like write this up or something like you wouldn't ask an accountant to come and do your books oh, for no. free do you know what I mean but you don't and that's the thing as well if you're using my intellectual property then you know pay me so even if it is just writing a wedding speech or even if it is just writing a quick set for like a charity thing do you know what I mean like you wouldn't ask musicians to perform for free you wouldn't ask accountants to do your books for free so like people in the media I think are asked to do that a lot it's a really interesting point it's so difficult as well because when you're in college and I even know when I was coming up to the end of my my time in college and before I graduated one of our lecturers said to us they're like the problem is a lot of you aren't going to get jobs in the industry and the rest of you are going to be working for free Mm -hmm. and Ah, it's I worked for free for years it's this it's this case of you 
with a full bachelor's degree knocking on doors being like please 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 can you take me and they're like um yeah but it'll be for free so it's just good exposure for you and I'm like well if I'm trying to pay rent in mm-hmm. Dublin exposure is actually not going to cover it it's not so unfortunately do, I, I think we need to take a stance and we need to start changing that right so mm. I think it is small steps making changes within your own life mm. that can actually hopefully lead to bigger change so you know one of the things I'm doing unless you know you are promoting something that is totally different you know if you're going I I need to get some free publicity about this book or whatever fine but I won't have someone on my show on plan b unless I can pay them right you know so that's that's something I've decided to do and now I have to admit when I sent that email my first response was to say yes and I talked to one of my mates one of my best mates I know what are you doing like this is your work you need to know your worth so I think yeah knowing your worth following through and then also making that decision that you're not going to take on an intern for you know 20 euro a week or no pay at all because that intern needs to survive exactly and it is taking advantage and i think i think things are better now like i was out of college like 11 years ago and i I worked for free as an intern and then i worked for free for like a long time before i started getting um no money basically um but but it is good to see that things are changing slightly but it is all about knowing your worth and of course still being respectful you know like if you're fresh into an industry you know you're still trying to learn yeah. so you shouldn't be like going swinging your big dick energy you know around the place around the place but I do think that we could probably learn a lot about what this or is even if you know I don't possess it but it's definitely about trying not to apologise for the actions that we're taking yeah. in work or in our personal lives and I think a lot of it as well is practice like you were saying when you send the email the more you do that and the more you realise that you can do this and you should do it, the more you'll start to believe yourself that this is completely right. This yeah. is what I should always have been doing, you know? So I think that's definitely really important as I well. I think I'm going to... Um, did you see what Rihanna wore to the Met Ball? Oh, yes, yeah, the she, papal dress. She dressed like oh, yes. the Pope, yeah. yeah. I just think that maybe we could have like a big dick energy outfit that we can pass around the office and wear it in whenever we really feel like just owning it. I think that would be an amazing What idea. about just the outfit you're wearing today? You don't need to dress yourself up. You just need to be you. And that's actually really unsure about this outfit as well. Actually, <laughs> I've never seen this dress on you no, as well. I'm really enjoying it. She just found it. So, yeah, no, I think I've got a long way to go in terms of that. Um, but important conversation to have. I think we've all learned a little bit about BDE which is good completely I think BDE is a great gateway into what could be like a newer version of ourselves and we're we're um, embracing it and let's call it BVD and let's embrace the term can I say it big vagina big yeah. vagina I've I, said vagina already yeah. I say twice on this so I, I, I think we need to say we all squirm when we say the word vagina like I've taught my seven year old she walks around and she tells everyone she has a vagina oh, we've, 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 we need to reclaim we've vagina we've definitely said we've said vagina on this podcast so many times and um, I don't know if it works in the same context as a big vagina, <laughs> but, yeah. but you know what? Why not? Why don't we I want think why is it always, it's always good. Yeah, I mean, so. it is. It's always it's always relating to... Associated with the man. Like associated with the man, men, yeah. Men have the power. No, let's yeah. just be bosses. I think it's as well because like big dick is associated with like a big ego, but I don't know if it's a big vagina associated <laughs> with a big ego. It's not something we all aim for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't aim for no, I actually try everything. Like I'm doing Kegels at the moment. Do you know what I mean? I try everything to make sure that that doesn't happen. You know, we're all doing Kegels right now. <laughs> Okay, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just a second. Literally a second this week, so don't go anywhere. Did you 
know that we are now putting out bonus features of Girls With Goals during the week so you can keep up with all of our juicy content. We have interviews with Mary Lou MacDonald, Millie McIntosh. We're finding out about puppy farms. And even better, you can now download all of our episodes on Spotify or go to wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to Girls With Goals to make sure you don't miss out. And sure, leave us a review while you're at it. Tell us what you think. Ha <laughs> ha! So, lads, I've been doing a lot of soul searching lately, right? And I've come to the conclusion... Um, that I think I'm a celebrity. What? <laughs> Where has that come from? You've definitely got BGE. Yeah, you have BGE. If you think you're a celebrity, even though, see, this is the fine line again that always confuses me. I'm like, is that cockiness? Is that BGE? I don't know. No, I, why, why do you think you're a celebrity? Well, I think I'm a celebrity because, well, actually, this is why I want to talk to you guys about this. So, Serena, you obviously, like, you're a broadcaster and you have the Bellissimo Files as well. So tell us a little bit about that first. So it's a YouTube channel where I get to chat to some of the biggest Hollywood stars. Um, who was I like, you ready for the massive name drop? <laughs> I am ready for it. So there was like the cast of Ocean's Eight, um, Sandra, Kate, and Sarah, because we were on first I love that you call now. them first name. So just Sandra, See, you probably know. This is my point. So you talk to these celebrities. Yeah. And so a celebrity is somebody who is famous, obviously. And then after you've had the interview with them, do you feel like you've made a connection with them on a deeper level? Never. <laughs> see, this is, see, I think Neve goes home and writes in her dream journal and she thinks... Do you think you're best mates? I'm best friends no, with... No, Serena, I don't think I am best friends. So who, who's your latest best friend? Um, who's my latest best friend? Well, you know, and this, it comes back to... I haven't interviewed the huge Hollywood stars that you interview. I interview Irish celebrities. So who's this one? I don't know if I'm going to name drop all my new best friends. Because I think they're going to be listening and go, Neve who? <laughs> Man? Give, give us a clue. What what do they do? Well, basically, I've started relationships with them and I've become friends with them and we would go out for drinks and we would talk all the time. <laughs> so my point is, is that if you... So hang out, relationships, if, friendships. If like. you hang out with these celebrities all the time, are you then a celebrity? Denise, you're probably more of a celebrity than I am. Why, is, why are you a celebrity? Why am I a celebrity? Because you're always out and about with a guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those people that I follow on Instagram. Um, no, I, don't, I am so opposite you right now because I think <laughs> that if you ha hang around with people who are in the public eye, it doesn't necessarily make you in the public eye. You know, it's like... Whatever. Kim Kardashian, she started out as Paris Hilton's best mate. So that's where you're going with this. See, I, I think the difference is as well, you're talking about Irish, so you're talking local. I think if I was to interview the local celebrities, and, and I do that too, yeah. maybe I would start thinking I'm their mates because it seems attainable. Okay. Whereas when you're interviewing the Hollywood ones, they you can't bump into them down at the pub. No, but do you ever have like... A difference in a connection with someone so do you ever interview them and you're just like I actually do think I could be best friends with you me and Paul Rudd last week stop oh. but do you know what I thought, man. I, I thought it was just me it was with everyone oh, he's, no. he's actually one of the nicest guys going really yeah he got usually you know you walk into these rooms and sometimes they don't even make eye contact with you they're yeah. on their phone and it can be so awkward but he got up out of his seat gave me a no, that way I wasn't the one who got the hug. I imagined he gave me a hug. Um, <laughs> shook my hand, had a great like 30, 40 second chat and then we got into the interview and I thought, and at the end, you know, again, he did the same thing and I went, 
well, we're going to be best mates. Yeah. And then I was talking to Rory Cashin at joe.ie and um, he the same also, thing happened yeah. to him. Yeah. It wasn't just me. Actually, I was going to say, Rory only told me yesterday that he thinks he's best friends with Paul Rudd. And so does Paddy McKenna because yeah. he gave him a cert that he hangs in his house. So yeah. I mean, and so, he, he so like Instagrammed that. He thinks of Paddy every single day when he looks <laughs> at that cert. <search. laughs> See, this is the thing. But Would you want to be best friends with people of that high celebrity though? I just want to be best friends with someone just because I want a connection with them rather than what they can give me. Yeah, I just I feel like the word celebrity has just gone into the ether now. It's become something that like if you are working over here and you get a tweet, right, that gets that goes viral and then you have 117,000 retweets on it or something like that. It happened to Carl Kinsler there last week and he literally said that I tweeted the most ridiculous thing I've ever thought of or he said it was the stupidest thing and now he's Twitter famous. So but this is the problem as well is that like before you were a celebrity because you were on the TV and people saw you and you were in the public eye so John, who does accounting down the street, would be like, oh, sure, look, there's your one from the TV, so on and so forth. But now, because Instagram is so big, you could literally have an unbelievable feed where you stand and post pictures in clothing, and that's what you do, and you could be more famous than someone on the television. You know, it's But how much money are you making from that? At the end of the day, is that your job? You'd be very surprised. People make a heap of cash from Instagram now, from ads and sponsored posts and working, collaborating with massive brands. Mm. Yeah, I think that so. like I've spoken to quite a lot of bloggers who would who would do that and some of them who choose not to associate with lots of brands and stuff and who are just doing it for the aesthetic purposes of it uh, wouldn't make a huge amount of, of cash, I guess. But I mean, in terms of the celebrities and, and the varying levels of celebrity, I think you've touched on something interesting there because in Ireland, it does seem like there's now a new generation mm-hmm. of celebrities who maybe aren't like on RTE and aren't the ones that we all know historically. Serena, do you ever get fatigued with interviewing celebrities? Um, Yes, with celebrities, but no with artists. There's a difference. There's Mm. a massive difference because celebrities are the ones who... Okay, now it's sort of become, it's all about the ego and stuff. Mm. And... The artists I love because it's more about the intrigue. The okay. celebrity is more about uh, me, 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 me. Does that make sense? And yeah. so when you say artists, you're talking about musicians. Musicians, actors. Yeah. And like, it's so funny because usually, you you both will know this from interviewing as well, the bigger people are, usually the nicer they are. And the ones who have just started are the ones usually with the biggest egos and they give you no time of day. But like I was talking, I, I sometimes ask these artists, you know, the ones who have been in the industry for so long, like Michael Douglas, you know. When I, did you interview Michael Douglas? So let me tell you about Michael Douglas. Heart <laughs> attack. We walked into the junket. Again, Rory was there as well. We walked into the junket and we weren't prepared for Michael Douglas. And they turned around and they went, okay, you guys up for Michael Douglas? I went, um, no. And she says, no, you're down. How do you say no to Michael Douglas? No, you can't. So you he actually has, he can't. has big dick energy. Yeah, he does. He does. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, one of the nicest guys going. And wow. I asked him just for his, uh, advice for up and coming actors. Because, you know, now we want stuff to happen straight away. If mm. it's not happening straight away, we're a failure. Yeah, but right? that's, that's like the millennial outlook is that you need things right now or you won't get them at all. Yeah. So he like he gave some great advice going, please don't get into anything just to become famous. Get into something because you're 
passionate mm, yeah. about it and and then hopefully success will follow. It's and actually it's in, an interesting point because I remember when I worked as a news editor I would get lots of applications to come and people who wanted to work in the newsroom and I swear to God and I don't know where she is now I'm sure she's really successful but there was um, somebody in who was uh, looking to try and get into the newsroom and I was just like and so what are your kind of goals for the future like do you want to you know interview politicians or do you want to stick with straight news or what and she was like oh no I want I want to be famous she actually said those <laughs> words to me and I was just like you know what fair play um, that's great probably not suited to this role or this kind of entrance into the media but, but- Go like on. like Serena was saying there a minute ago, she was saying that the people, the big celebrities seem to be nicer than the up and coming ones. And I think we have that exact same mantra within the Irish industry. If you go to events or anything, it's the people who are, you could say up and coming, the people who think like bloggers and so on and so forth, who may, might have three or 4,000 followers, who walk around the event thinking that it's for them. You know, that kind of mantra. And it's the big hitters that are the really nice people. And it's just very, very confusing. And it's like, this big dick energy that's been that they're trying to convey but it's coming across so cocky and it's like when you were saying are we celebrities like define celebrity especially in the Irish industry it's very very difficult a celebrity is a very famous person if you single handedly save an entire family from a burning building you'll become a local celebrity celebrity comes directly from the Latin celebratatum meaning famous and is related to the verb celebrate which means to honour you asked me to define and I define. I, I, I like that you had that to hand. Very yeah, good. Very, very yeah. good. But again, I like what it said there as well. I, I like that a celebrity should be a hero as well. It should so be. So, you know, someone goes in and saves a whole heap of people. That person should be a celebrity. That person, let, let's take away the word celebrity and let's uh, let's replace that because celebrity has become people that we look up to. Yeah. But, you know, we're not looking up to all the right people. So let, let's change it to heroes icons, legends, that's who we should be looking up to. I think it's incredible that we're just changing things on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I'm going to call this episode, the changing I'm going to walk out the door and everything's going to be different. <laughs> Everything is going to be different. But like, if you look back at like the 50s in Hollywood, you know, like they were famous. The movie stars, they were completely untouchable. Like we know what Kim Kardashian's poop looks like. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's just this, it's just changed. Everything has changed with social media and we have so much access that that's probably why some crazy people like me are wondering, <laughs> are we celebrities? <laughs> are we celebrities? You know, that was just to set this whole thing up. I don't actually think I'm a celebrity. Do that's you know? what she's saying. Yeah, anyway. she's saying yeah. that now because the more we look into it, she goes, shit. Um, do you know, um, I love what Meryl Streep said, because you're right, in the 50s and 60s, they were um, really massive and famous because there was this aura of Jean Kelly. mystique mm. and like just mystery about them and stuff. And, you know, they portrayed what they wanted to portray. And then you say, oh, my gosh, if you haven't watched Feud, um, Ryan, what is his name? He does. He did Glee, the guy, Ryan Murphy. He oh, produces yes. some great shows and Feud was the Bet, uh, Betty Davis uh, Bet Midler no anyway Joan Crawford and okay. Betty Davis okay. Okay. their feud and stuff that was so interesting you know what what they portrayed to the media and what was happening behind the scenes was something completely different but I'm digressing I want to talk about Meryl Streep because Meryl Streep doesn't have an Instagram account doesn't do Twitter or whatever she has always said I don't want you knowing too much about me especially as an actor I think as a musician it's very different mm-hmm. you need to connect with your fans and stuff as an actor, a lot of them aren't doing as well as they should be doing or would like to be doing because when you look at the screen, they're like Tom Cruise. The minute he jumped on that couch on Oprah's uh, show. Oh, his career was over. Yeah, because completely. everyone saw 
jumping on the couch. It's taking him a while. Mission Impossible's in cinemas now. People are absolutely loving it. So it's taken him 10, 15 years to come back around and go, he's an actor. Meryl Streep has said, I don't, want to, I don't want to show you everything of me. I don't want to show you who Meryl is because then when I'm on screen, you won't believe that I'm the nun. You won't believe that I'm in Mamma Mia. You won't believe that I'm a journalist. I want you to believe who I portray on screen. I don't want you to think of, oh, there's Meryl acting. She's so wise. She's so she? wise. But the problem is, like Michael Douglas was saying as well, that people aren't doing it for the love and the passion of being an actor. They're doing it because they want to become famous. And like they look want. At, look at Lindsay Lohan. When she was younger, she was probably one of the most talented mm -hmm. young actors that was out there and now she can't get a gig I think she's just starting a reality show about opening a bar in Mykonos yeah. and we're all watching oh I'm completely the Lohan Beach Club I can't wait <laughs> to but, watch it but she's been in Dubai then as well because she's been like in hiatus for so long as well you know so yeah. you have this you have this like you be, you rise and then you have this drop when you're doing it for the wrong reason. So I, I see. I think she was doing it for the right reasons. Again, I'm quoting it. It's like all these people are my best mates, Neve. I'm quoting. What Chan did I say? <laughs> we are famous. Actually, me and Channing Tatum. That interview, I absolutely loved. He, it was. I walked away from that. And Ashton Kutcher, actually, the two of them, I walked away going, Yeah, I'm your busy mate now. And Channing was a show I don't know about Ashton Kutcher. I, I've never been a huge fan of him, but Channing Tatum, I, I'm going to need to know more information from you. <laughs> so no, he was lovely. I'll tell you about that in a sec. But he he had a really, I was reading an interview of his once and he said, I am so happy I became, I became successful in my 20s because the minute you become successful, the minute you become famous, that's the age you are for the rest of your life because everyone becomes a yes person. So Justin Bieber became famous at 16. So in his head, he's like, yes, you continue to mature and everything, but still at 16, he never had to listen to no ever again. There was no wow. more lessons You're, to be told. Yeah. Exactly. Drew Barrymore was six. Yeah. And that's why she got so messed up by the time she was 13. I think she was like the youngest sober 14 year old because she had to go into treatment. Yeah. And, and I think that's what you were saying then about Lindsay Lohan is that she was so young. Sure, when she did Parent Trap, she was a child. Yeah. But then what happens, I suppose, is that people said yes to her for so long that she mm -hmm. was like, I'm going to actually test these limits and just go wild. And then all of a sudden she did have it's this massive It's probably one because she's the same age as me. And I remember I always kind of relate to her because when Parent Trap came out, I was just such a huge fan. I was like, who's this girl? She has red hair. It's amazing. She looks Irish. I loved her. I thought she was so funny. I thought she was really, mm. really talented. She wasn't like a Disney actress either. Yeah. She actually was just like doing it on her own. And then I, I do think that she's wasted talent now. And that's kind of a sad state of affairs but um, more importantly though what about Channing Tatum? He was just lovely. Yeah. He was just... And <laughs> I'm, I'm, Are you I'm blushing? blushing? I'm blushing. Oh Is God, he handsome in real life? That's You're what I want to know. Blushing. He, he was blushing. See he was with Matt Bomer. They were doing Magic Mike too. And Matt Bomer... Um, How did he concentrate? Yeah, I Because like they were... Do you know what? <laughs> you walk into these these rooms... I, will I tell you the truth? When, when I walk into these rooms, what I think... So Are I you don't sweating? Get I sweat. No, no, because I think these people go to the toilet just like I do. So it brings us down to the exact same level straight away. That's amazing. Right? At least you didn't do the imagine them naked because I would have no. been like... Oh. oh my God, that's too distracting. <laughs> Way too distracting. <laughs> So you think of them on the toilet? Well, I don't think of them on the toilet, but I go, <laughs> okay. you know what? We all go to the toilet. So it makes us all, at the end of the day, we're all human mm. beings. Yeah. And their jo my job is to interview them. Their job is to provide us interviewed. with entertainment. Yeah. Exactly. And be interviewed. And that's the thing. Sometimes you go and interview these people. You guys know yourselves. Yeah. 
They have been paid millions to be in that room. We have sometimes woken up at three o'clock in the morning Catch on two flight. hours sleep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. To go over for sometimes they tell you seven minutes, but you get three and a or half you get, minutes. And then they're them. behind you like this, like your time is up. All of a sudden you're like, I've asked one question. So. Totally. And like they're grumpy. I'm going, I'm probably on minimum wage here to interview you. <laughs> yeah. You're on millions of dollars. Let's just make this a pleasant environment for us. Well, <laughs> Matt and Channing made it a very pleasant environment. Oh, no. Like they were just hilarious and at the at the end I, I said something to him I, I, I still go red every time I think about it and he just turned around and went you're such a charmer aren't you and I went oh my god yes I'll take that I'll take it if you want to see it it's up on um, the Bellissimo Files YouTube channel <laughs> I would just die happy if he said that to me I wouldn't be charming though what did you say I can't I must have complimented them okay. on some, I think on their dance moves or something and yeah I can't believe it. like that was three years ago and I still go red at the thought I have a fear as well going into interview celebrities like ones that I love that I'm going to go in and they're going to be grumpy and they're going to be off and it's going to put me off them for good like I have such a fear before I go in I'm like please be nice mm. just to make this it's so funny because when I worked in radio I used to avoid whenever there were celebrities in like I would never go up to them mm. I would never ask for a picture I would never do anything like that and because I worked in news I didn't really have to um, and I remember when we were starting this podcast and we were talking about like the great women that we were going to get on and that we were going to talk to it was always about I want to talk to people who are doing incredible things in their industry and we've had celebrities on and stuff like that and it still makes me a little bit nervous Ner- because oh, I, I never wanted to interview celebrities it was never something like if I was walking down the hall in the radio station and I would see someone coming towards me who was a celebrity I would literally turn around and walk the other way do you know I don't mm-hmm. know why I don't know why that is I mean it's kind of changed a little bit now but uh, yeah I was never really into it and so the next question before we move on I want to ask you is that if tomorrow you woke up with that like you were a celebrity so you had hundreds and thousands and millions of followers and everybody was saying yes to you and you were on how much money that made you sick would you want that life that's a really hard one because at the end of the day you know how they say money doesn't buy happiness it does it, to a certain to a certain extent like if you like don't I, have, I, I want a coffee table and I can't afford it at the moment exactly. do you know what I mean it would make me really happy to so get that coffee table it's, it's those things so yeah. I think you do need a certain level of money mm-hmm. to make you happy um, I would like I think I think I'd like enough I, what I'd like of their lifestyle is enough money to make me happy what I would and I suppose doing something that I really love because at the end of the day they are all doing something that they really love what I'd hate about that lifestyle is people constantly trying to take you down. Yeah. It's a a problem that they do come hand in hand. But we need, again, (laughs) ready for more change? (laughs) You ready for more change? I'm ready. One one of the things I'm doing with when I do interviews and when I put stuff out into, you know, the universe is let's do positive. Let's not look for the negative. Let's not try and take people down. Let's try and do the positive side of stuff. I know. And see, the problem then as well, though, is that when when in turn you're in this industry and you're trying to get people to look at it and view it and see it if it's negative it attracts more people and so don't we need to change problem. that we need yeah. to change that mentality no see that yeah. that is the wrong mentality it is the completely whole, we need negativity to get clicks so what we're saying to society is that negativity is good let's bitch let's moan let's take people down but i think society has to learn to click on the positive stuff we have to learn to go let's be happy absolutely that someone else is well, happy. I, mean, I, I only just like i only wrote an article there yesterday about this whole bloggers and veil mm. thing that's happening and and i like i think the tagline on it was like are we 
are we finally done with this? And it was a blogger who was on last week and she was talking about this takedown culture that we're all living in. And it does get clicks. You know what I mean? It like does. literally, it was it's just the problem. problem. But the angle that I was going with it is that I'm so fatigued and I think mm. I used a gif of just being bored of it all by now. Um, but it is like when you're, when you've put yourself into that position through, when you think about it, it's funny because through going to acting classes and wanting to be on the stage and mm-hmm. just wanting to act like these are, these are people who are in the entertainment industry but they've now placed themselves in a position where they are constantly minding their P's and Q's you know and, and I, I don't know I would like like you said it's interesting I would like certain aspects of that life and I would just never be able to handle the other sides of it I Denise could, would you want to be a celebrity tomorrow if you could give it back within 24 hours <laughs> just to see what it's like oh yes yeah, absolutely okay. if I had to give it back within 24 hours grand if I had to sit on my phone for the next three years on social media looking at the negative things people are saying about me not a hope no. not a hope mm. interesting mm. so just to confirm I'm not a celebrity is that what you're saying you're to me? my celebrity yeah. I look up to you because Serena. you try and put positivity out into the world you can't tell her thing. this because I have to work with her for the rest <laughs> of the day and I'm going to have to deal with this I got that big dick energy <laughs> okay before we go I just want to quickly do our tweet of the week so this is where we take a tweet that is tapping into a cultural moment and we talk about it and I didn't tell you guys about it because I didn't want to so Buffy is coming back there's going to be a reboot Ooh. Serena you just lit up it's almost like Channing Tatum you just like you just went yes um, so at Sarah Watson 42 said Buffy saved the world a lot but the world still needs saving maybe now more than ever I personally can't wait to see a new Slayer slay in a new time this is coming off the back of another tweet by Monica Breen and the tweet by Monica Breen was kind of interesting it got like a lot of traction so basically this is a little longer just bear with me here so for some genre writers it's Star Wars Buffy the Vampire Slayer is my Star Wars before I became a writer I was a fan for seven seasons I watched Buffy Summers grow up find love kill that love I watched her fight and struggle and slay there is only one Buffy but here we are 20 years later and the world seems a lot scarier so maybe it could be time to meet a new Slayer and that's all I can say I was Moved. You know, that's beautiful. Even when you read it, that touched mm. my heart. Did it really? Mm-hmm. I felt like I was rushing through it a little no, bit. No, no, okay. you did it really well. I am excited about it, but I also understand the sentiment of the fact that I was such a Buffy fan. I was the biggest Buffy fan. I had the game board and everything. Was there a game board? Yep. What's a game board? What do you do? Like a board game. Oh. A, game board? <laughs> a game board. A board game. It was like... Okay. It's like you were like, there was a game board. I was like, what the hell is a game board? Yeah, and I really said that confidently, like a game board. Big dick energy yeah. here. I was in like, my, I'm going to call it whatever I want. In my head, I went, I, okay, that's what it's called here in Ireland. It's a game board. It's not called a game board. <laughs> a board game. I had a board game, yeah, and you could be all the different characters and you had to go through different challenges. And so, so did you have to do physical stuff while you were playing the board game? No, you actually didn't. But you. Have- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I, I like that. I wasn't that cool of a kid. <laughs> So are we excited about it? I think Joss Whedon is behind it as well. Like he's going to be writing and directing it. So it's big news for Buffy fans, but I don't know. Buffy came out in 97, so I would have been 10 or 11. But you know how everything took a few years to get to Ireland. So I was I would like... I would have been three. <laughs> well, just just ignore you. it. Keep going. <laughs> you were three. In 97, yeah. Yeah, we just we just won't talk to yeah, her no, anymore. No, no, just keep going. I really don't want to talk to her anymore. No, at this just keep going. Does um, she even know who Buffy is? No. <laughs> yeah, you can't see the game board. <laughs> how, are you, how are you a fan if you were three years of age I when it came out? I used to always watch, okay, I you didn't watch repeat. it in 97. That's <laughs> not how I grew up. I probably watched it in like 2000. It did, take, it did take a while to get here, but I was such a huge <laughs> fan of it. And I just hope they don't ruin it. What do you think, Serena? I don't think they will. Like, 
Okay. Look, I am sick of reboots, reimaginings. I'm sick yeah. as well. Yeah, Hollywood needs to get creative. But Is everyone the, just lazy? What's the crap? They are. I think they're just looking for easy bucks, but at the same time, I, I can't put it more eloquently than that tweet that you read out. No. It is so good to see females just kicking butt mm. and, you know, taking ownership. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think this is a bad thing for us to see. Now, hopefully Sarah Michelle Gellar might be involved and David Boreanaz in some way. Maybe they can be the parents or something. How like, amazing would that when be? When I say I listened to, they had a love theme that would play whenever they were like murdering each other or like having sex or fighting. They fought a lot, but they had like the Buffy and Angel love theme and I downloaded it and I used to listen to it on my iPod, which was like back Do you know what that day. is, Denise? <laughs> a what? An yeah, iPod. it's an iPod. It was like after CDs before phones. Um, and I used to just listen to it on my iPod, just imagining that I was the Slayer. You know what this I used to This was an instrumental do? track that an 18 year old girl was listening to. There was no words and it wasn't you're getting your BDE done yeah, on YouTube BDA. they have Buffy Angel montages that I used to watch yeah. and be oh, like yeah, this yeah. is gold now I have to say when Spike came along I was a Spike girl he is literally my MO when it comes to men like he's a bit of a dick now this was back in the day okay, okay. I'm not into mm. it anymore but he was mean to her he wasn't nice to her and I was just like I want to marry you <laughs> Now you've changed your mind, haven't you? <laughs> I've changed my mind a little bit. But then they fell in love, and that's why he loved her so much. He did. He and did. I was just obsessed with it. So, anyway, who would be your dream pick for the new Buffy? I'm hoping a nobody. I, okay. I I don't say that. That sounds very condescending and mean. No, but no. I hope I an hope unknown, a, an unknown, an undiscovered. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think because I think if you go in with someone that we already know, we're not going to believe that she's Buffy. Yeah, this is the problem. And they'll make it. I feel like they'll make it too Hollywood if it's someone yeah. we know, and we don't need that either. We want a brand new, fresh, cool Buffy. And I also don't want them to go too far with the whole female slayer kicking butt thing because when it happened in 96, 97 it was such an amazing time to do that to, to see a woman mm. like that on TV and she was only I think I think Sarah Michelle Gellar was only like 18 when she got the gig or something like that um, but they almost didn't make a huge deal about it and that's why I loved it so much because yeah. I was a young girl 13, 14 looking at this and um, this is a podcast so you can't just see I side-eyed the crap out of Denise there because she was like three um, but I just remember watching her and just looking up to her and I was like she's and she was tiny as well so I had such a connection with her so I'm hoping that yeah. so in a few weeks time Neve's next guest on the podcast will be the new Buffy no will be Sarah Michelle Gellar oh, oh god, god geez, yeah, honestly yeah. if you tag someone enough on Instagram it happens she will at the yeah, moment she, you, either, you either get blocked or <laughs> one or the other she's got a lot of blocks <laughs> I've got a few blocks, but it also does. So yeah, I'm going to tag her. I'm going to see if she's in Ireland. That is all the time we have for this week, unfortunately. I think we've covered all the bases. We've covered big dick energy. We've covered celebrities. We've covered game boards. We've changed the world. <laughs> we've, we've changed the world. Thank you so much to my guests, Serena Bellissimo and Denise Curtin. Shane Dempsey was on sound. Dermot Cronin was helping out behind the scenes as well. I'm Neve Marr, and we will chat to you next week.